You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Uh, we're going to sit down here with John Costco. We're going to put the team under their le- under the lens after their disappointing week six showing against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so we'll get to the offense. We'll get to the defense. And as we're recording this, we are getting Coach Stefanski's press conference, which we're going to get to it, folks. But, yeah, it, it's things aren't going swimmingly in Berea. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by McDonald's. This episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by McDonald's. As everybody knows, they've been serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. What I'm not loving, John Costco, is the fact that we are going to sit down here right now and we are going to put this team under the lens after yesterday. Um, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. And John, I'm going to be honest. It, it, it just, the first drive, you didn't run the ball. You went all wide. It, it, it felt like it had no rhyme or reason. And you, I just kind of had a bad omen. Um, and now defensively, you know, in just general premises here, you get the thought of, you know, they, you know, certainly they didn't play well enough to win, but I mean, you know, the things were coming at them. I think the most thing that, you know, we'll get to that will be the egregiousness of the stupidity. And look, some of these penalties are on the Browns. Some of these penalties are, you know, obviously, you know, hocus BS, but we'll get all of that. But offensively, John, it, it, it never felt like anything was going on. Um, the commitment to run, it just seemed like if they didn't have Nick Chubb, they, you know, until it was, you know, late in the game, they're already trailing big. And it seems to be the Browns mantra. Oh, man, now we're really in a hole. Hey, let's go to running the ball now which led to the first not been people's Jones touchdown. Uh, it, it's, it's just not working John uh, on offense right now. And look, yeah, the injuries are a factor. Certainly James Hudson, James Hudson, Blake Hans, you'd love to have, you know, Wills and Jack Conklin in there. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. And you're a quarterback, you're injured. You can't, this is no time for hero ball as much as everybody appreciates it. Um, you know, you have to understand that you got to be even faster than, you know, normally you would think. Um, and for me, John, and just a general one here, I thought there were Cardinals players going off sides. It wasn't that. James Hudson was just that slow off the ball. Um, so you know, I don't, I don't mind coming out throwing it and stuff like that. Like you know, you drop a pass on first down um, to Hooper, and then on third down you complete a pass, and then you get called for you know a flag or whatever, and, um, and then and then there's a pass breakup on on the third and long, and you know, essentially like. In on that second drive where you know it stalled out on fourth down because Baker took a sack. Like to me, this is an issue with with Baker when he gets a, into a situation where he's got backup tackles there. I, I would say that like you know the backup tackles aren't by any means great. Like they they have their issues, right? But uh, they're not. They weren't just. They're not this, these these guys that, that can't play. So J- James Hudson, sixty five point six. It's not good, but it wasn't like it's not like the worst you've ever seen from an offensive tackle from a pass protection. Standpoint. Well, for him, that's he actually played. an improvement from what we've seen at this point. Exactly, and then you you get 
um, Blake Hans, 67.8. That's a solid, good game from your backup, right? So I think what you need is better play from your quarterback to alleviate those types of issues. But the problem is, is that when Baker Mayfield you know, last year we saw Baker Mayfield get really comfortable in the pocket and be able to, you know, essentially play at a high level. But the, and you saw it in 2019 when there were issues at the tackle positions, he started panicking in the pocket, holding the ball longer, and tried to play hero ball. And it kind of feels like that's what he did try to do yesterday, where he was trying to play hero ball and do things that he cannot do. Um, you, you know, you talk about the sack that he took for the first fumble inexcusable um you make a guy miss but you have to understand at that point in time like all right i've got to get rid of this ball over <laughs> and 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 also like on that play like when you rolled out left you had time to throw it obj was wide open down the middle of the, down the side left sideline like that would have been a touchdown had you just thrown it but he pump faked it and decided not to throw it to him so like you know there's there's injuries that happen all the time in the nfl um it sucks for the Browns that they've lost their top two tackles, but like you, if you want to become, you know, well-respected around the NFL as a quarterback, you've, you've got to make those guys almost not matter. Like we've seen, you know, basically the best, best in the league be able to do like Aaron, Ro- nobody's complaining. Aaron Rodgers isn't complaining that David Bakhtiari hasn't played all year at left tackle, you know, and, and you want Baker to be able to get to that level. He needs to be able to get more comfortable in the pocket when, the name recognition guys aren't out there because most of the time they were giving him a clean pocket. Um, you know, and Baker was taking, taking on pressure, you know, undue pressure onto himself. Like the one sack that he had the, to open up the third quarter, that was on him. Um, hundred percent on him. He's got to understand he's hot off. That guy had zero clue that that guy was coming zero. And when that happens, you know, you, you get a sack, it kind of, it kills drives. It just kills drives. Uh, yeah, and it just wasn't you know working in any fashion offensively. And look, I mean, you can say you know Baker Mayfield is not playing well, and we've gotten this all over social media with you guys. And look, I mean, you know, and I ask you, we'll just get Aaron Rodgers, and it all seems like a really, really, really smooth and crisp idea, folks. I don't know really how that works though. But John Odell Beckham, and now here's the thing: it's kind of like. If if Baker doesn't feature Odell, he has a really good day. If Baker, if I'm sorry, if Baker doesn't feature Odell, Baker has a really good day. When Baker has a bad day, it's because maybe that was the day they didn't feature Odell enough, where he had an extremely good day. And this one was bandied about, but uh, whatever. Um, and there was two things actually. You know, I was talking with John this morning, and the uh, fourth down Odell was ruled by everybody as a pass breakup. You know, would Odell say maybe he should have caught it? Probably sure, whatever. But, you know, there's letters yeah. of law when you do this yeah. thing. The other thing, and there was somebody else who brought this up, and and I'm not positive on it because it was a diagonal angle of whether or not he would have had it. I do believe he would have had it. But go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, as you're, you know, as the superstar that OBJ is, you want him to be able to, to hang onto that ball through that type of contact on the ball, right? Like, in that type of moment, big fourth down conversion, Yes, it was a pass breakup. He, you go, you go there's a, there's a couple of replays on there. But like the ball and him hitting his hitting that ball, it happens like within like within two tenths of a second, right? That's. But as that elite type of guy, you do want him to be able to catch that ball. But that does go down as a pass breakup because that guy, essentially, that's what he did. He broke up that pass. Um, 
you want you just want to be able to come down with those types of things. But like other really, I mean, OBJ was open all for much of the game. Um, you know, five catches on eight targets for seventy nine yards. Um, you know, he had four first downs, I believe, in, in terms of what he did, forced a missed tackle. Um, so like he was just really efficient with the ball in his hands when he did, you know, when he got it. And he only was out there for 30, 30 some odd snaps, um, 23 receiving snaps, um, you know, and, and had 3.59 yards per route run, which is, you know, in a, an elite, elite level uh, to be able to, to, to play. So, you know, OBJ looks looks like he's he's back in terms of just he's getting open. He's running crisp routes. He's, for the most part, catching the ball. I know he had the drop last week and this one that, on that slant you wanted to bring in. But, um, you know, you talk about the that fourth down earlier in the game where he Baker didn't go to OBJ. OBJ was wide open on his on a shallow crosser. If Baker reads that it's cover zero, you know, he, he can just dump that right down to that guy because everybody voided that area immediately. So... You know, I think uh, I think Baker. If it comes down to just for me, Baker just needs to play better than than what he has shown the past couple of weeks. There's, you know, I mean, and yesterday certainly. I mean, you put yesterday probably somewhere in the rankings of the Minnesota game as far as you know, just really, really what is going on. And look, you, you can't say the injury isn't an excuse on the weeks where he throws the ball well. Um, and look, he did get re-injured yesterday, left in a sling. Yes, but you can't pick and choose when we're going to use the injury. Oh, it's not that big of a deal if he plays well. Oh, it is a big deal if he doesn't play well. Doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he um, was he was still accurate yeah. with the ball. He was still accurate with the ball for the not not for the most part, but like he, there were there were throws that he missed. Obviously, the interception was was terrible. That was that was really bad. That was an inaccurate ball. But like it's not as if he was spraying the ball like he did in the Minnesota game. You hold on to the ball. You fumble it in the pocket twice on sacks where you you shouldn't be fumbling it. That's that's going to be take a really big hit to your grade. The, the difference between this one and the Vikings game is that like he wasn't super inaccurate in this game. Like the, he had some misses. Like you're always going to have some misses, but like he just. But he was late more than he game. was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't protect the ball in this one. He he somehow did in the Minnesota game, even though he was so inaccurate. So it's which is it makes a difference. It does make a difference. Um, now, um, not sure on this, obviously, but Jarvis Landry ran all week last week. Um, maybe sounded more like, Hey, let's get a shot at Thursday night. Cause if he is off of IR, maybe it was, let's see what we can get out of him Thursday night. Then he's got another 10 days to get ready. You wouldn't have taken him off. Uh, you know, you know, I'm sorry, you wouldn't even designate him a return at this point. If you didn't think maybe at least Thursday was a possibility because Pittsburgh's still another, you know, week and a half away from that date. Does this help hurt John? This isn't something really we can put under the PFF lens. This is just football talk is Jarvis Odell. Donovan Peoples-Jones, and God forbid, maybe David Njoku, who went into witness protection after his best game as a pro. Um, having Jarvis would be have if they he comes back, that'd be extremely helpful. I, I just don't see how it wouldn't be. He's a, you know, I I know there's there's people out there like uh, you know your cohort Pete Smith who likes to trash on Jarvis Landry. He, I think but I'm just saying for, Landry, for the mindset of Baker right now, but for the mindset of Baker right now, does this, Oh, you know, 100%, you know. like Baker, Baker is, is extremely affected by the people around him, which is not what you want in your quarterback, but the, it's the truth okay. of the matter. Just like with, with like, he has a, has a big time comfort level with Jarvis Landry out there. Um, so I, I would say that he, you know, it, for, from a, you know, for a team standpoint, him being back out there would be, would be huge. Um, 
you know, for, for just for the team, he's a leader, regardless of like, he has his issues. He's a good, he's a good player. He's not like the mega superstar that people make him out to be or anything like that. But I think he would, he'd be definitely helpful for, for Baker and definitely this team from, you know, all the intangibles that he brings to the table, not just what he does on the field, which for on the field, it this kind of helps Baker out. And, you know, I, the only reason I ask is just because, I mean, you know, obviously the demanding personalities of him and if he's having, you know, one time getting, you know, a hard time getting one star involved. Um, yeah, but hopefully, I mean, but look, at, at this point, this is obviously, if he can go this week, their best option, as you are now down to Dearness Johnson, Demetri Felton, um, my boy, John Kelly, maybe going to come up from the practice squad for Thursday Night Football. We'll see how this works out. Um, long for the ride here. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here with John Costco. Continue here on your Under the Lens Locked on Browns. Um, it's going to come out quick this week. Uh, you know, we're going to try to get as much as we can in here before a Thursday kickoff. Um, good, bad, ugly. Uh, I understand. Maybe everybody's not uh, ready for all this right now. I get it. I get it. I get it. So we're going to go back to the defense here with John Costco in just one second. This episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I can't lie, you know. Who are we kidding? A Big Mac every now and then is still still good. It's not good for you, maybe? I'm just kidding. Whatever. Indulge yourself. We're all a busy community. We work out. So head to your local McDonald's. Refuel and reconnect. And Lockdown Browns. Watch party at a McDonald's? Hmm. I'm loving it. And with that, folks, we appreciate the good folks at McDonald's being along for the ride. John, I don't care. I'll eat shitty food if I have to. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. That was funny, though. And, and, and McDonald's. I mean, for first things first, uh, it, crazy that we have a, a company like McDonald's now here behind the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we could be talking about John shaving junk, which has certainly been things that have done on the Lockdown Network here in the past. So we avoided that one. John, defensively. Um, there were times, you know, and look, you know, a couple of sacks, they probably should have taken more advantage of the, the miscued snaps that the uh, Cardinals had, there were opportunities there and it just kind of felt like maybe some was left on the table, but you know, some of the penalties, as much as people want to make them egregious, they weren't that egregious. The Malik McDowell personal foul on the sideline. Like, look, you got baited into that. Uh, You know, what was he going to do? He could have just tossed the ball forward a yard out of bounds and it would have been the same effect. He turned while dancing on the side, dangling on the sideline to throw it out of the back of the end zone. And Malik McDowell, I mean, and granted for a guy who hasn't played as long as he is, you get the over-aggressiveness. But, I mean, some of the penalties, John, just stupidity. Yeah, um, it's, you know, from a defensive perspective, it's what killed him, you know, early on in this game. And I, I, once they stopped make, committing penalties and the offense started, stopped giving, you know, the even when the, the offense was giving the defense, like, short, you know, field position that they had to to do better at, um, you know, and they had to really clamp it down in red zone. Like they started, they started playing a lot better. Um, but it was the start the game for whatever reason, they, they did not, they, they just were not playing well. Um, 
and it kind of snowballed after that, right? Like you've got to play discipline. You know, you, you can you can say like some of the defensive pass interference penalties were ticky tacky or whatever, but at the same time, like ignore, forget it. You have to now make another stop, right? So, um, if you let the refs beat you, they will beat you, and you just need to be good enough. Like if you're if you're a good enough team, you should be able to overcome you know, things, you know, adversity essentially. And and right now the Browns aren't playing like that. And, you know, from a defensive perspective, like, yeah, they, they just, they've been, you know, gave, they gave it 47 last week and 37 this week. They, they have not looked like the t- the team we saw from weeks three through three and four, where they allowed a total of 13 points. So you have to, they, they have to do a better job. They have to do a better job of just being disciplined in their, their assignment technique, fundamentals and stuff like that because there's too many busted coverages it's not even just busted coverages that are killing them it's just they there's they're they're just not aligned correctly they're out of position they then miss tackles and stuff like that so like from a defense perspective they you know it's kind of like it feels like the same old same old browns where you know there's all this talent on the field and they're not really putting it together so they really need to figure something out and and play better because they just they are they are Beating themselves for the most part. Uh, John, now with, you know, with the defense, with their play yesterday, and certainly going in the secondary, um, it may be for everybody, you know, Grant Talpit only took nine snaps yesterday. Um, John's going to get to that because mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody's wondering, you know, why not more Grant Talpit? Maybe John has an answer for that. Uh, you had your first, like, taste of action where you had Ward, you had Newsom, you had Greedy. You had Hill. I thought Hill was feisty most of the day, at least. I mean, he was in there getting his nose dirty. Um, so not as much Delpit. Ronnie Harrison, not the free agent year. You certainly want to have if you're Ronnie Harrison. John Johnson the third. there were some reps where he was closer to the line of scrimmage, which is kind of where we thought maybe he would be. That's kind of why you signed him, not to play center field, because if you're going to pay people big money, you want them to play in a position – of their own strength. Um, the, just the, how it was handled yesterday. Um, Hey, a dog on locked on Browns. That never, ever happens. <laughs> that never, ever happens. So, um, but as far as that, John, the secondary play, um, they just, yesterday, it seemed like, you know, for some pro- progress that they made, it seemed like yesterday it went really down the toilet. And was that a you know product of Arizona running four wides and the Browns going more corners? But you know, I mean, even still though, the little Grand Delta didn't you know, play didn't work out. It just it seems there's a lot going on there talent wise, and they just can't seem to find the nice correct blend of what exactly they want to do with it. Yeah, it's it does seem like they can't find the, that that blend, right? Like so, Greedy Williams was manned up on on AJ Green quite often yesterday in the game, um, and was was just kind of handily beat, you know, gave up the, did have a pass breakup on one, but, um, you know, was gave, gave up a touchdown, 79 yards, five catches. Um, all of them were pretty big, big plays, um, you know, that he gave up. So yeah. And, and you look at, you look at Grant Delpit, he played nine snaps. His grade was a 26.2 last week. His grade was a 26.6. So, you know, he had a good game against the, the, the Minnesota Vikings um, and at a 74.1 and you're thinking, all right, this, maybe this guy's kind of figuring it out, but 
you have to think about it. He is a essentially a rookie from an experience standpoint. Um, he's gonna have he's gonna have some warts and stuff like that. But like, you want to see more. I'd say more like creativity from Joe Woods and what the secondary is doing rather than just like putting these guys in a position and saying, all right, go and play. If you watch what the Cardinals were doing on defense, the Cardinals do were do like they, they would show too high. They'd play one, play one high. They're playing, you know, show one high, play too high. They were doing a lot of zone, zone blitzes, simulated pressures. Um, they were mixing coverages up and things up on, on Baker that made it difficult for him to be able to read defenses. And, and, you know, the Browns, Browns generally just don't do that. Like they, they kind of give like a too high look and they'll go into cover four or cover three. And that's kind of what they, their game. Um, but they, you don't see a lot of movement out of the, out of the guys in the secondary, or even the linebackers to try to confuse what the quarterback is doing. Um, but essentially like when plays are there to be made, the secondary just has to play better. They have to make some plays on the ball. Um, and right now they're just, they're kind of not doing that. Um, and, you know, and then, and then what happens is that you get like these, these wide open busts that happen and it just looks like they're just having miscommunications all over the place. And it's, 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 those are rarer than, than what you'd expect. And problem is too, is like, you see it, you see busts from, from defenses across the league. Like I, I t- mentioned with like that rollout that Baker had where he took the first sack and fumbled it, like the Cardinals themselves had a bust. Baker just didn't take advantage of it. And when you go up against a guy like Kyler Murray who can run around and scramble like he does with his legs and has the arm talent, he takes advantage of those busts. And, you know, it, basically it, it, they're, they're devastating to the defense. So, I mean, from a secondary standpoint, like, yeah, Joe Woods needs to kind of figure out a package for like a set of plays or just roles or just a hot, what to do to utilize these guys. Um, the thing is like a lot of things just aren't working right now. Um, and they, they need, they just essentially need to play better and be able to make more plays on the ball when, when there are plays to be made. And, you know, when the ball's in the air, at least turn back for the ball and try to make a play on it rather than play the person. Because if you play the person, oftentimes you're going to get flagged. Which, you know, happened obviously a ton yesterday um, and the most egregious roughing the passer penalty in the history of the NFL. I mean, I'm still not sure um, if Malik Jackson has touched Kyler Murray yet, not to mention he was kind of shoved by an Mm -hmm. offensive lineman that kind of gave him a little giddy up to get him a little closer to Kyler Murray. But look, I mean, 37 to 14 was certainly, you know, as bad, you know, as questionable as the officiating was 37, 14, 37, 14, there's just no way around that. John, you know, Jadavian Clowney, I, I mentioned Hill. I mean, there was some effort from some of the guys yesterday, and I think the defensive line obviously tried to bring pressure, you know, and I, I felt they did, um, obviously, uh, they brought pressure yesterday. Um, but just, again, now it comes down to the coverage, but were there any, any, anybody out there yesterday playing positively on the defensive side of the ball? Is there in a roundabout sort of way? Did they, you know, was there a uh, – basically a rosebud in a, um, you know, garden of, you know, horse dung. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Clowney and Garrett had, had good games. Uh, Clowney had four total pressures, a sack, a hit, two hurries, a couple of, of wins that, you know, didn't result in pressure. Uh, Garrett had five pressures, one sack, four hurries. Same thing. He, you know, both Clowney is an 86 grade miles at a 84.4. So they were, holding up their end of the bargain for the most part. Um, 
you know, talky talky and 10 snaps out of 77.5, but like, you know, you're, and that, you know, to give him credit, Anthony Walker actually had a, had a really solid game, um, 86.1 in coverage, but that was, and I guess Troy Hill had a, had an okay game, but he did give up touchdown, you know, but he, you know, yep. only two, he only gave up two catches. And obviously the one, one of them was for that touchdown, unfortunately, but the, for the most part, like, when you give up 37 points, there's not going to be a lot of positive to get out of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, which hurts though? I mean, cause you get the uh, positive grades out of, you know, Garrett and Clowney and, you know, it seems like this coverage is so predicated on the defensive line. Those guys for the most part were getting it done, but you know, even still when you're going against an athlete like Kyler Murray, you can get it done and he's just got the ability to extend. And that's where things sometimes get really, really ugly, John. Yeah, I mean, you knew that like Kyler's going to make make plays out of the pocket. When if you can't get pressure on him, or if you get pressure on him, and he fl- he flushes the pocket and starts making you know running around or whatever. He's going to make some of those plays, um, and you just the secondary like we've just been you know hammering home. They're just not playing well. They need to play better. They need they need to pick up the slack when you don't happen to sack the guy. And I guess, you know this kind of like a what is Lamar Jackson going to do to you? When when you get pressure on him and he breaks a pocket, it's like the same thing is going to happen. That's just kind of like what it is, and that seems to be the Achilles heel of this defense right now is that you get a mobile quarterback out there, and when the pressure happens and he, he escapes that pressure, things break down for the secondary. And and for whatever reason, you know they 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 need to play better. It's just essentially what it is. They they're, they're not playing well in the secondary, especially on scramble drill type situations. So. And even then, even when they when plays are had when the pressure isn't there, they can't get pressure every single play. It's just not possible. Typically, the average pressure rate for for a defense is you know about thirty percent. The Browns are are good enough that they can get it at a higher rate. But again, like most quarterbacks are going to be kept clean most plays, and they need to be able to make plays when when the quarterback is kept clean. And look, we're talking about a whole bunch of first and second round picks here in a safety making eleven million dollars. Um, it's six weeks. This is kind of inexcusable at this point, John. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, I figured that this would take four to six weeks for them to kind of gel, but like, they don't look like they're even close to being the gelling and you give the two, you know, I have to assume that like the, you go up against a rookie quarterback in his very first start, who's this wide eyed dope, you know, like a deer. And he's, he, you know, you, you, you feast on him, right? Like that's, how much of that is like, was your defense excellent or is it just that, that the offense was terrible, right? I, you kind of maybe attribute it to more the offense being a bad offense. Um, and then the Vikings game, they, they legitimately played well, but like, other than that, it's like this defense really hasn't looked like what you need it to look like to be a championship caliber team. Jekyll and Hyde. And sometimes you have to take into account the opponents they are playing in some of these games. Uh, we're going to get to some just uh, general overall Browns thoughts here. And, and good news, folks. They kick off again on Thursday night after <laughs> yesterday's debacle and the mash unit that is now the Browns injury report. It, it kind of feels like the old uh, Kramer line from uh, Seinfeld when he was uh, pretending to be movie phone. Well, just tell me which movie you want to watch. Well, Coach Stefanski, just tell us who's actually healthy is kind of where we're at with this Browns unit right now. So we're going to get some more thoughts here. John Costco as we close out. You're locked on Browns under the lens episode. 
This episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seamless intimidating questions like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Again, why choose to spend 30, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? You can get these same parts through rockauto.com for the same price. Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. You can get it same cost to them at $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low and they are for every customer. Go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution for all your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. Use, uh, again, view all the parts available for your car truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. John, some of the popular chatter today is... And look, Baker's injury, it obviously seems like this is going to be a surgical fix, whether it's in two weeks, two months, whatever. You know, ultimately heading towards surgery, it's going to be a question of how long he can manage it, manage it, obviously, and certainly where the Browns are within this season, which makes Thursday night all the more crucial. But for all of the crowd of, oh, well, play Keenum and let him manage the game. Here's the thing. Browns defense right now, not playing well. Not playing well at all. What are you managing on offense as a backup quarterback when you are playing with running back three, four, and five, and possibly not having your left tackle or right tackle Thursday night football? It seems so convenient to just say, oh, we'll let Keenum play and, and manage the game. How do you manage the game, John, when you were down, you know, positionally-wise, were maybe the most two, two most important positions on the offensive line? And the, what does everybody say about the Browns? Oh, my God. Chubb Hunt. Chubb and Hunt. Well, you ain't going to have either of those options. What exactly is everybody's wild and fascination or even still, like, what could be better? Obviously, just it, it can't. And, you know, at three and four, which you could be at the end of Thursday night, I mean, if you're going to go down, you got to go down guns a blazing, John. Yeah, Um the whole the whole case Keenum replacing Baker and being a game manager like like I, they're not gonna that's just going to that's they're not gonna win anything with doing that essentially even if a fully healthy roster you could if you want to see what it looks like John week in week out it would be yesterday Case Keenum on a good day most likely would have been what Baker Mayfield was yesterday yeah I mean uh, we've seen Case Keenum play at a high level for one year and his career. And that was because the Minnesota Vikings had a, an excellent offense, had an excellent defense. And basically he, he game managed it. Right. Um, the, the yesterday, yesterday's debacle, like would have been pretty much, I don't know how you, how else you would have been able to do it. The, the, I guess the difference would have been like converting the fourth down in, you know, in the first quarter or whatever, on that first drive really would be, would have been the only difference I'd say in this game is if, if Keenum could hit that, you know, read that better, but it's like, 
I don't know. I mean, Keenum's not it. Keenum's not the answer. He's not going to take you to the promised land. He's if he's going to be the starting quarterback, it's you know, look at how stacked this AFC is right now. Like the Browns, the Browns would miss the playoffs with him as a starting quarterback. And even with if Baker, Baker's got to play better, otherwise they're going to miss the playoffs. Like if Baker cannot get it to get it together, like this is the same point last year where we, you know, the Browns were four and two at this point last year, coming off like their worst loss of of the season against the Pittsburgh Steelers where Baker played the worst game he had shown. Um, and this wasn't, this game wasn't even as bad as that. Um, but the thing is, is that they're still at, they're at that point, the same point last year, then the game, the season essentially turned it around and, you know, Baker played at a, an extremely high level and everything, you know, they, they wrote it off into the sunset for the, to the playoffs, but they had a really easy schedule last year compared to what the, what's going on this year. The Broncos are not a great team. Um, they're, they're, I think the same record as the Browns, but they, they don't, I, I would say that they're just, they're just, they're not as good of a team as the Browns. The Browns should win that game, but then they've they're got the Pittsburgh from the Broncos. I mean, yeah, you, you go to Teddy Bridgewater, you think you're a team like, you know, you're accepting, maybe we could snag a wild card, but you know, you were not where you, you know, are looking to be not even one, two years down the road. Yeah. And you look at, so like, then you look at the rest of the schedule here, you got the Steelers at, you know, at home the next week. Which, I mean, like as as you know, everybody makes fun of the Steelers and their offense being bad and whatnot. But like, they, they still have the the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that can shut down a, an opponent, right? Like they they cause problems for opponents because of you know what they can do on uh, defensively, and you know they're no slouch that they're going to be able to get by. Then you got the the Cincinnati Bengals who are four and two and on fire this year at at them. And then you got the New England Patriots at New England, which is not going to be an easy task because it's Bill yep. Belichick. And we know that um, you get a, a relax for one week against the lions at home, but then you've got back-to-back games against the Ravens. You got a game against the Raiders at home with like, I, you know, they, they have their whole issue that they're dealing with right now, but like they're still a really good team, have a really potent offense. Then the Packers at Steelers home Bengals, like this season could really unravel pretty quickly for the Browns if, if they don't get it together, because you know, had they, if they were playing like they were the first, you know, basically first four games of the season where they easily could have been four and oh, had they not lost to the Chiefs and, and collapsed there, you know, but they're not playing at that level right now. Things aren't going well for Baker Mayfield. This defense is getting shredded. So they need to turn it around like they did last year, especially from an offensive standpoint. Defense, you know, we, we, we've seen what they've done the past two weeks, but they definitely need to turn it around. But, like if, if Baker can't get it going and this offense can't get it going, I mean the playoffs are might be a long shot for this team, and which is which should be really surprising considering what we we know about this team, you know, going into the season and even how they've played up until this point. There, if you exclude the quarterback, I'd like to look at how good the team around the quarterback is playing. By you take the quarterback out of the picture and you see what their grades are. The Browns have the third highest offensive grade for a team, you know, excluding quarterback. Last year. Last year they were in the same same similar boat. They were the number one team in the NFL, excluding the quarterback through six weeks. That's how. So and right now, you know, right now Browns are you know they're like six or something like that. So Baker's playing better than he did last year through six weeks. But like, I, I don't. It, I guess at the same time last year it felt it felt like the season was was kind of unraveling, even though they had a four and two season. It was like Baker's like the team around Baker was just playing a lot better. And this year, it doesn't actually feel like that. But you know, from a grade standpoint, it, they're they're pretty similar. Um, 
<clears throat> I hate to use the phrase, um, you know, even though it's early, it's getting late. It's kind of what it feels like right now with mm-hmm. the Browns team. And um, look, this could be the ultimate pain in the butt, John, that they play Thursday night football. Or this could be the ultimate springboard to, you know, relaxing, letting some people rest up, getting it right, Halloween against Pittsburgh. We'll see how it unfolds Thursday night, but there's there's a lot to it. This could be, you know, I mean, I don't want to say nail in the coffin because it's way too early for that, but this could be, you know, you know, a strand you on the side of the road type of thing. What are you going to do about it? Or this could be a, all right, woosah, we can breathe. Let's, you know, shut everything down, get everything better, everything in-house. Do not have to worry about playing a game for 10 days. This is for a week seven game. I mean, you can put, you know, whatever kind of asterisks you're around it you know, put it in a square. I mean, this is, this this has become a big one. Yeah. Um, I think, I think if you win this game, um, it can be, like you said, you get 10 days of rest. It gets, allows the team to to get healthy and stuff like that. The good thing about a quick turnaround is that you like literally have to forget about this, this terrible game that you just played and have to get prepared for this next opponent. Um, We saw last year what happened, you know, they, they started the season badly against the, the Ravens. Um, you know, got boat raced at 38-7 or whatever. Kind of the similar score because like the Browns yep. were just essentially. Wow, lucky I didn't even think score. about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like they were they're just insanely lucky to, to actually um get that Hail Mary, right? And but they turned it around the next week and played an excellent game against against the Bengals. And yes, it's the Bengals, but like I mean the Broncos aren't a great team. Like the Bengals weren't a great team last year. So yeah, the Browns on paper and the talent they have on this team shouldn't have a problem with, with this team. Um but you know, I think I think it's a good thing that they turn around quickly and it can get them to a point where they can, you know, maybe get a little bit healthier with the with the rest um, post post this game. And then, you know, really kind of this like hopefully springboard you into what happened last year where the, the team really took off, especially Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position, because if they if they can't like. You know, it, it the, the, for, for one, this is a point in the, the year where it, preseason you were thinking the Browns would be six and one going to this going in you know coming out of this game so if they come out of this at three and four or even four and three it's like they're still in a hole compared to if you look at a schedule standpoint of what you thought they would be no doubt about it um all right I guess you know for the most part where you are now officially burning the tape here as it is already Monday but you know you got to put your eyes on Denver good thing is and some positive news and we mentioned some of what coach Fansky was saying today about as far as injury is Nick Chubb Jarvis Landry neither are ruled out at this point for Thursday. So, look, I mean, you know, there's, not, you know, never want to use the term addition by subtraction because you want everybody on hand, but just as maybe some guys are checking out, some guys could be checking in. So we'll see how that all plays out. John Costco, PFF, um, now senior analyst, or is it lead? Or is it lead now or lead. senior? Lead. That one lead, always lead apparently is better than senior. I don't know. For me, senior meant longevity, John. That's the way it goes. So, I, I mean, know. I don't know. This is a tough one here. All right, how about go with senior lead analyst, John Costco over at PFF? <laughs> <laughs> Make Works sure you're following that John Costco three. Um, but hey, of course, you know, we always love to sit down here with John once a week and you know get through this. Um, we'll find a way to sneak John in uh next week. Oh, we can get him in next week. We'll figure out you know the week after as obviously it's gonna be you know weird here as we go into like a pseudo buy here after Thursday. But of course, you know, John will be involved, John will be around you guys know that. Um, the show itself locked on Browns, followed by account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Questions, ideas. Um, even though you lunatics have gotten a little bit crazy over the last uh you know 18 hours or so, I guess it's somewhat justified. 
um, the show itself, um, Lockdown Browns, when you, whatever podcast platform, always free, as you guys all know. We appreciate Ray for making us your first listen day in, day out. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go.